0: Hi, this is Alex, one of the hosts of the Greatest Games Never Played podcast. A weekly sports show drawing inspiration from the moments in sports that almost happened. Every sports fan wonders what could have been had their home team only drafted that late round Hall of Famer or not traded that prospect that comes back to kill you. We take a look at those pivotal moments in sports history, and every week we focus on one of those events, and through research and projections, determine how things could have gone differently. What if Michael Jordan stuck with baseball? What if Team USA didn't pull off the miracle on ice? What if the Cowboys hadn't traded Herschel Walker? These and so many more untold sports stories await on Greatest Games Never Played. Welcome to another episode of Hoosology.
1: I am Justin Goodrum, joined by Matt Thomas. What's up, man? Man, I'm just trying not to get blown away here in Albuquerque. We've (laughs) had, you know how it is in the spring here, of course, where, you know, it'll be nice throughout the day and then the wind really picks up at night. That's continuing seemingly into June now, but uh, had a great Sunday. Happy Memorial Day, by the way, to, to all the listeners out there. How are you doing, man? good man it's uh rainy here in uh, lakewood colorado um as i was telling you off
0: air i heard on the news that basically it's uh always guaranteed to rain here on memorial day and um, snow on halloween so it's living up to the hype there um so a very rainy day but a very nice day as well um i mean we're pretty much in the mountains so it's, <laughs> it's uh it's pretty crazy just to see all the sights but uh It's been a crazy day of NBA action, but I can't complain. Like you said, man, happy uh, Memorial Day to um, all the listeners and viewers out there and those who had the day off, um, hopefully enjoyed, uh, well-deserved, considering what the year we've been through. On today's show, we're going to recap what's been happening in the latest developments with the first round of the NBA playoffs. Lots going on, and then um, we're going to touch on this Kwame Brown situation. (laughs) Um, Of course, more drama. I mean, sports pretty much... (laughs) Mirrors any reality show, I always say sports is the best reality show that there is. You know, no need to watch Bravo or VH1 or MTV. Just watch ESPN. It's always there. So um, we'll discuss that. But first, Matt, um, you have a recap of the latest action going down in the playoffs.
1: Yeah. And actually, before we move on to that, let's also sure. plug. You guys probably heard the trailer on the audio. But just for the video real quick, uh, if you guys want to hear a quick spot we had on a awesome podcast called Greatest Games Never Played. Be sure to check that out. Our episode aired with uh, Reno and Alex on May 25th this past week. So really great. Listen, we had a fun time with those guys. Really appreciate them having us on the show. Uh, so go check that out if, if you haven't given a listen and if you're listening to the podcast, you just heard that audio trailer that Justin put up. Um, so we really appreciated them having that on, uh, anything else about that, Justin? No, it was great, uh, being on there and they
0: have some um, awesome ideas down the pipeline. So, um, please go check it out. It's called the greatest games never played, um, hosted by Alex and Reno, um, it's basically kind of like uh, fantasy sports, um, legends on their minds, uh, predict, predict, and debate. Um, basically, with the, you know, there are two teams that they pick. Which team would win? They bring on kind of a special guest to determine who the winner would be. So you want to see kind of our thoughts on kind of their basketball edition. We won't spoil anything. Um, go check that out. Really a fun show.
1: Yeah, really awesome. So let's get right into it. And I just wanted to do a quick recap first, kind of blow through some scores and the action that you guys may or may not have caught since we had a special bonus episode on Thursday. So on Friday we had the Hawks played the Knicks and won 105 to 94 to go up two to one in that series. The Nets and Celtics played, this was the Jason Tatum game where I believe he had 50 points yeah, he had fifty points, six boards, seven assists, and the Celtics won, uh, got a surprising victory. Brooklyn still led the series two to one at that point in time. They're playing as we record this here on Sunday, um, and then on Friday night again, we had the Clippers uh, showed some backbone here and they got a win to only trail two games to one to Dallas, so they won one eighteen to one hundred eight. Another crazy performance by Luka Doncic. What else would you expect from him? 44, 9, and 9. Kawhi, a solid performance with 36, 8, and 3. So that was Friday night. Now, Saturday, so yesterday at the time of this recording, the Bucks completed a sweep of the Miami Heat. We're going to come back and talk about this, but 120 to 103, the Heat just could not counter anything the Bucs were doing. Uh, the Blazers. Came back, bounced back against the Nuggets and got a win 115 to 95. So, pretty convincing win there. That series is now tied two games to two. Philadelphia 76ers won in a blowout 132 to 103 against the Wizards. They lead three games to zero. You would imagine it's probably going to be a sweep as we predicted here on this podcast. And the Jazz seem to have found their rhythm after that game one shocker. Last night again, the last game of Saturday night, the Jazz win 121 to 111 against the Grizzlies. So, Justin, of all these games I mentioned, and then we'll talk about games from today. I I wanted to get your thoughts about. I guess let's start with the Heat since they are, you know, TNT um, gone fishing. You can you can roll the graphics for those players. They are they are on vacation. You saw Eudonis Haslam. I, I don't know if you caught this, Justin, but he was slamming chairs at yeah, the end of the out. game. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Knight style on those players and uh, was just going nuts, but wasn't enough to rally them to victory. What do you think is... Next for the heat, because I I think they're one of the more interesting teams this offseason. You know, there's there's all they're always in the mix for free agents, seemingly like if Kawhi Leonard were to leave the Clippers. They're one of those teams that's rumored. They have some pieces they can move. I don't know how much value Tyler Hero has at this point. Certainly not as much compared to last offseason where we uh, had rumors that he was going to be the main piece in a James Harden trade. Uh, earlier this season hard to believe that's the case at this point but what do you think is next for the heat do you see them being competitive next year
0: um i think they're always going to be competitive with bam out of bayou and jimmy butler but i think as i've said before we know who the real superstar players the one that can really change the needles in this league and with jimmy butler in particular. I'm a huge fan of his, and he's a huge piece in terms of getting you to a championship. But he's not the piece, he's not the elite players in this league like Steph Curry, LeBron, Kevin Durant. So, like you said, they need a free agent. Um, they need an elite free agent to come there, and that's why they're recording Giannis, you know, so hard. They didn't get him. So, you know, it, there's not much to say. They need it. They need a quality free agent. If they don't, they're going to be just as mediocre as this year. Um, and, I, and, I, and mediocre is kind of harsh. I mean, you know, I
1: I would say a disappointment compared to last year. But they told um, that line all season. They I mean, did. There, there were times this season when they stunk. So that's true. I think mediocre is fair. I,
0: I just think you know, with a regular season two, it's kind of it's tough because of all the COVID stuff. It's hard to get into a rhythm. I mean, look at the heat. I mean, they they had to run all the way to the finals, right? So little time to rest with this team. We'll see what they can do with a full season of rest and a full offseason. So don't want to be extremely hard on them. I think they have a pretty good nucleus. I I like this team, but at the same time, some other stuff I've heard from Tyler Hero was Pretty disturbing of a sophomore, second-year player. I mean, that, that's that's not good. And it's not just him in a slump because it happens for players. I mean, and we've seen other players bounce back. But just other stuff I've been hearing on Twitter through journalists that cover this team on a daily basis, it's not good um, regarding Tyler Hero. So you're right. His trade value is at an all-time low. And that's something to prove. And if he's taking Jimmy Butler – Seriously, as a teammate, he may hopefully come to him in terms of an off-season training program, but not much to really say here. Then he a quality free agent if they're going to matter in terms of the top three teams in the East. Um, Otherwise, I think they'll be they'll feel better. They they will fare better than this season, just based on them having rest. But in terms of the end game, should be winning the title or being in the Eastern Conference Finals with this lineup with any kind of long-term rest, I don't see it happening.
1: Gotcha. I I saw this narrative going around on Twitter where, you know, a lot of people were questioning the criticism that Paul George got last offseason and then for Jimmy Butler to kind of, let's be honest, underperform this first round. I mean, the, someone posted his line in each game. There are several games where I think there was one game where he scored 10 points, one game where he had 17 points. just not very impressive numbers for a guy who I think most people see as even though he may not always be the primary scorer, sometimes that's bam and bam was disappointing too. Let's be honest. But the, a guy who I think is certainly the leader of this team and kind of the, the alpha dog, so to speak, or the, the kind of leader of heat culture, like along with maybe the guidance of Udonis Haslam. Um, what, what do you think is fair criticism for Jimmy Butler? Does this first round exit and first round sweep kind of hurt? He, you know, there are some people and and we even kind of had a question last year in the finals, you know, before they kind of flamed out as to where his spot is in the league. Do you think this just kind of solidifies? He's not, He's not really in maybe top tier or top two tier of NBA stars. I think it confirms that, you know, how much of a Jimmy Butler fan I am. He's a
0: good second or third piece. He's not going to be your leader on the, on the team. And I don't think it hurts that. I don't think there's any illusions of what type of player he was. I would say, you know, Derek Rose, just comparing that. I mean, he's Derek Rose, the former MVP of the league. And so I don't think the expectations were as up that level. So to make him like a number one player, like a, you know, on a Westbrook level or like James Harden where they take criticism, I don't see that. And he's performed in the playoffs well and and other teams. So I don't think this will stick to him. I don't think he'll take too much blame. I think with anything, I don't know, if you want to do some NBA math, um, Last year's bubble performance for the Heat outweighs this year's season. And you kind of put those two together. And I I would say it's still a net positive for Jimmy Butler, despite everything. Um, So I don't think there's any illusions of him being an elite player in this league in terms of being like top 10. Um, At the Mm -hmm. same time, I don't see it really hurting his reputation. I think a lot of people will probably – forget about this in terms of his performance until you know if next if it comes a pattern let's say the next three off seasons not off season but next three playoffs and he performs poorly then that's something different but um if he returns to form next playoffs i don't i don't think people are really discussing this
1: season gotcha i think i think that's fair and they're going to be a fascinating team to watch this off season just because bam is still so young I think hero can bounce back potentially if they keep him around, you know, we're just going to have to wait and see though. He, he certainly showed flashes that, that he has the ability, but like you said, maybe he just needs to uh, rein in that focus and, and improve his game, you know, quit uh, spending money on frivolous things, maybe, and and focus on what got him that money. So, Uh, anyway, let's flip to the other side of that series, which is the Milwaukee Bucks. And I have been trying really hard to not totally fear the deer here and <laughs> uh, just buy the hype train on this. A uh, friend of the show, Alan Munzler, shout out to Alan. He, you know, had a great response to a tweet that I had sent out that said, you know, maybe this isn't so much that the Bucks are great, but that the Heat really have taken a step back. And I, I think that's an interesting point. And I think that's fair. I, I think the Heat are definitely a different team than they were last season. But I do like the Bucks now to, I, I'm going to have to stick with my pick of the Nets until I see them beat. Assuming, you know, the Nets pull this off. Looks like they're about to go up three games to one tonight against the Celtics as we speak. But um, what do you see from this bucks team? Do you buy them as a legit contender? Uh, you know, like if, if you had to maybe give like a percentage chance, cause I, I think before seeing this series, I probably would have said maybe like 70, 30 nets over the bucks. And now I'm more, maybe like 60, 40 thinking that this is going to go seven games. But I don't know. What are your thoughts just in in their performance, getting kind of this ghost away from them of of the heat of of last year? How do you think they'll fare against the Nets?
0: I don't respect the Milwaukee Bucks in this series. It's a terrible matchup. Mm. Um, Now, the only thing that helps him was Giannis, right? And, you know, him in the paint. So we'll see how effective it's going to be, but... It's just how can you pick against and, and keep in mind like these are not my favorite players in the league, but how can you deny James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant? I mean, I, I mean, yeah. I just I give the, you you did percentages. I give the Bucks a ten percent chance. I mean, just just as a matchup, I just don't see it. I mean, mm. even if I mean if one goes down, the other two will pick up the slack. And it's it's just, it's, I mean, not to mention the others that have been pretty active, and Blake Griffin's been getting a lot of minutes. Um, there's been other kind of free agents they've signed over this season. I just don't like the Bucks' chances in this series, barring some kind of a fluke, some fluke injuries. Um, I don't really have too much to, to say about it. I just, I just don't like this matchup for the Bucs. Um, I think the question I have is how this will look on Giannis, if he performs well, I think he'll get a pass. Hey, you played the Brooklyn Nets; they're loaded. Your team, even though with Drew Holiday, the Bucks have improved. Um, they're better than last year, but I mean, you're faced look at Brooklyn's team despite their defensive liabilities. So, unfortunately, <laughs> they. It, just imagine if the Bucks got like the fourth seed, right? <laughs> They'd be any other side of the bracket. <laughs> um, yeah. and They wouldn't have to worry about, you know, Brooklyn until way later on. So I, I, I do not like this matchup for the Bucks at all.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, and that's why I'm still picking the Nets. I, I've got the Nets in seven. It, oh, wow. Do you have a particular, um, Prediction. I'm, I'm putting you on the spot here, but no. this is maybe one of the few series that we can actually project is going to happen uh, now that the yeah. uh, Nets are up three games to one on the Celtics. Just
0: because not to disrespect the Bucks. I'll say Nets six. Um, okay. But it wouldn't shock me if it's quicker than that, to be quite honestly. With you.
1: Yeah. And I, I think, you know, the thing that's nice about this is you're gonna have the opportunity for Giannis to really, really shine. Like if you want to talk about like a landmark victory if he were to pull out this series, which neither of us are predicting, but I mean, it would be massive. You know, we would see potentially if Luca's okay, there's some injury news on him that hopefully he's able to continue against the Clippers here. But, um, you know, you could see the rise of Luca's star power in the West and maybe to a lesser extent, Giannis's star power. I mean, Giannis has already won MVP. He's already a star. But you could see it rise even more if he's able to take off um, you know, the three-headed monster that is this this Brooklyn Nets team. But yeah, I'm with you. I, I think there's just too much talent on that Nets team, unfortunately. Um, let's move on to the Nuggets and the Blazers. That series is tied two games to two. I wanted to point this out just because you had said in our last episode, and I totally agreed with you, that, you know, Jokic has been super consistent and this was like the one time where, you know, maybe we jinxed him or something, but right. he, he really did not show up in this game for the series is tied. You know, I, I don't think it's obviously time to hit the panic button on either of our predictions yet or anything like that. But are you are you seeing anything that's cause for concern or do you think this is just kind of how the series is going to go? Just trading off blow by blow game by game like this.
0: Well, Trailblazers, anytime, and this is going to sound so first take cliche um, in terms of response, but anytime you have Damian Lillard um, and CJ McCollum, and especially with Carmela Carmela Anthony, these are guys that don't want to lay down, and they they just, it's, it sounds so stupid, but it's so cliche, but it, it, you can just see they they want it so badly, um, and I think with the Nuggets, they are vulnerable. I'll stick with my pick. But at the same time, if it's you know if Jokic has a bad game, and then you have you know Damian Lillard, the door opens. You just can't leave that door open. Um, mm-hmm. So, I think Jokic is pretty consistent. I think it's an admiration. Um, if it goes seven, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, by the end of the day, I think the Joker is going to be the difference. Um, however, if they lose, this will stick to him, um, and we'll see what happens. I mean, really, I believe. Before Damian Leather, if they can get past the Nuggets and is looking at this bracket now, and we'll get to the Lakers in a second because they look super vulnerable. And we don't know what's gonna happen with Anthony Davis. If the mm-hmm. Trailblazers can get past this series, this might be their best shot of going to the NBA finals. Right. Mm-hmm. This is the door is open, and you know who knows what's gonna happen next year in terms of the Clippers, in terms of them reloading or whatever with the – like, you know how these teams reload. Sure. And they didn't have the Warriors with Klay Thompson coming back. So, ultimately, this is the time where I think if you, if you're a Trailblazers fan and if you're Damian Lillard, I think you got to push pedal to the metal and go for broke. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be enough. I'm going to stick with my pick. But I think if the Trailblazers do – um, get past the Denver Nuggets. I mean, they're primed to pull off the upset in that next round, even against the Lakers. I mean, if somehow, I mean, we see Anthony Davis is not right. We'll get to talk about that in a second. Um, but the, the door is open um, if they were to capitalize, but I, I don't think it's going to happen.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I I still have confidence in our picks and in, in the nuggets in general and, you know, same, same thing on the other side of the coin, you know, this is, I I know the nuggets don't have Jamal Murray because of that injury, but this is an opportunity for them as well, you know, and they may end up being healthier than like the Lakers now with, with that news and Anthony Davis having that groin injury started the game with a knee sprain injury that he was recovering from, ended up with a groin injury. Um, I don't. I don't really care to talk about the Jazz Grizzlies. Sorry uh, for those fans. I, I think the story there is the Jazz are finding their rhythm again. The Jazz have come back to earth after kind of getting sucker punched in that first game. Uh, so I, I think the Jazz are in good shape to, you know, win the next two out of three games at least and wrap that up in no more than six games. Uh, So let's move on to today's games. And I guess let's start with the early game. That was the Hawks beating the Knicks 113 to 96. The Hawks take a commanding three to one lead in that series. I don't see the Knicks being able to rally at all at this point. Um, I, I, said on Twitter, you know, and I said last episode, I think the Knicks are a team that tried really hard in the regular season. And I think they overperformed in a weird regular season and they're just an easy matchup to plan for in a series. I, I think that's been pretty much the story here. And also that Atlanta is just the much more talented team. And I, I didn't see, the talent gap being as wide as it, it seems to be. Uh, did you have any other thoughts about this series? Um, not to really. I What's surprising is I just thought maybe the Knicks
0: defense would be more of a factor and it has not. Um, and ultimately, I think this kind of goes with what I said about the Heat, right? They have a nice core there, but ultimately, Julius Randle's not going to be your superstar. He's going to be maybe a good second, third option, but your savior is not Julius Randle. Um, even though he had a really great comeback season and I think it's impressive. I'm impressed with Julius Randle. I think take nothing away from him. But if you're looking for him to, you know, be the guy to bring, you know, a championship back to New York, I mean you you need a free agent <laughs> for that. So I think that puts it in that perspective. But however, I think for Knicks fans, they should be really excited. Um, I think um, you know, there is some cachet with even I think I heard LeBron he was tweeting out, hey, the Madison Square Garden's rocking. Like, you know, you don't hear NBA players talk about other teams' arenas, you know, randomly. If there's no secret. So I think New York's going to be that prime destination for who? I don't know. I think we'll have to wait and see. But certainly it's a good start, and I think if you're a Knicks fan, I would feel pretty good um, despite the outcome of this series.
1: Yeah, and I really hope personally that the Knicks don't go the route of – Cutting, like gutting a lot of this team and bringing in a megastar if a megastar is interested. I, I think, yeah, they could use certainly someone more talented than Julius Randle. Like I, I would really, I guess, struggle, you know, ESPN automatically puts out the rumor that. Kawhi Leonard could be going to the Knicks. Yeah. You know that that's been in the air. Who knows how much truth there is to it? And even ESPN correspondents, to their credit, will admit if you're saying any that you know anything about Kawhi Leonard, you're really not being truthful because nobody knows what Kawhi it's Leonard true. wants. So he may want nothing to do with the Knicks. And honestly, if if I am with the Knicks, you don't have. A reputation as, as having a great infrastructure. It seems like it's gotten better this year, and that is something to be excited about. Like you were saying, I would be really worried about bringing in Kawhi Leonard given the concerns that we've seen in Clipperland, you know, and how that team still struggles with their chemistry this day, still seems like they are searching for a leader on that team. I would really worry about bringing Kawhi Leonard into the situation. So I guess my point being, I just, I really want the Knicks to stay how they are and just get better building that core and that like that type of player, that hardworking type of player that they've been trying to cultivate and develop and then also scout and bring in on their end. I, I hope they stick with that plan because I think it's just good for the league at large when the Knicks are interesting. For sure. Um, but
0: we've seen with Kawhi, I mean, he's proven to win an NBA title. Um, I just think the question is, how does he jive with Thibodeau and playing him a ton of minutes (laughs) all the time? Um, I think how that jives, we'll have to see. I get where you're saying it's with the team team chemistry, and that could mess it up with him going there with Thibodeau and Derrick Rose. I don't know how that's going to really fly there. Um, Mm -hmm. However, however, it's a risk you're willing to take. I mean, just how good he is. So um, if – there's an opportunity to take a flyer on him. I would do it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a league where talent trumps everything. So I, I don't think you're wrong there. Uh, so let me put you on the spot once more for a pick. I'll give you my pick first. So you have a little bit of time, but we can basically confirm that the Sixers are going to play the Hawks. In round two, because the Sixers are up three games to zero on the Wizards. And unless the most amazing comeback in NBA history happens, (laughs) they will be playing against the Atlanta Hawks, the five seed here, once the Hawks wrap this up. So here's how I see this breaking down really, really simply. Ben Simmons is going to be the biggest irritant that Trey Young has ever seen. I think the the 76ers, as deep and talented as we just mentioned the Hawks are, the Sixers are deeper and more talented. And I just think Simmons, he's not going to totally eliminate Trey Young, but again, he's going to be an irritant. And if you just make Trey Young a high-volume scorer rather than an efficient scorer and passer, if you get him to make some turnovers, make some mistakes, and you get that field goal percentage down a little bit, that's enough, in my in my opinion, to just open that door wide enough that the Sixers can run right through it. I have the Sixers winning this in five, and I'm sorry if that sounds disrespectful, Hawks fans, but I, I do see this as a bad matchup for the Hawks. Do you have a, a pick yet for this series? I know I'm putting you on the spot for this, but no. what's your sense of how this would go down? I
0: I got a agree with you i was gonna go maybe philly and five i mean sorry um philly and six i think that's just, reasonable just too. to just to give the hawks some respect i can't do it though i think it's a bad matchup i can to see mb just getting kind of hurt and then them falling apart and Trey young has a monster game and they win so and i think that that might happen twice um but i just think it's a matt i think MB is playing on another level He's been really consistent and I think it's a bad matchup with Ben Simmons on him. So I agree with you Um, to be boring. Um, I think Philly in five.
1: Right on. So let's move on now to the Lakers and the Suns. I actually did get to sit down today and watch this from tip off till the very end. Um, you know, you had the, the Lakers definitely had me worried. I thought initially that they were kind of, toying with the sons and it seemed odd that Anthony Davis was sort of timid and sort of quiet felt like a game. He was vanishing. That's turns inexcusable
0: and that, Yeah. It
1: yeah, turns out he was playing on a sprained knee that may have had a little bit to do with it. And then he did, um, right at the end of the first half, he took a fall under the basket. It was a clean play. No, no pushing or anything nah. like that, yeah. but he, he strained his groin, and he's uncertain for game five. This is massive for the playoffs. And it turns out that, you know, if there was any sort of conspiracy about the Lakers kind of resting players just to rest them and not because they were actually injured, I think this sort of answers it, at least for the Anthony Davis side of things, where now this is a real concern. And the other thing about this game is that really the, the sung hero of this game, because people acknowledged it, was uh, DeAndre Aiden and how well he played? 14 points, 17 boards. He was a force in there. He's going to continue to be a force if Anthony Davis is out and they're they're missing out on his shot blocking ability. But even you know bringing Marcus All in wasn't enough to slow him down or stop his impact. He's just just too young, too mobile for Marcus All to keep up with. In that game. And it's not like the scoring was a huge factor, but just the impact on the inside that he had was huge. And he he gave the Lakers fits. And the other thing too about the Suns in this game was that Devin Booker was really quiet. Um so I think the fact that Chris Paul was able to step up and and have a great game looked like Chris Paul in game one before the shoulder injury. I, I think the Suns should be really encouraged. The Lakers are talented enough where I think LeBron can carry this certainly, and and still even close out like the next two games and have Lakers in six. But I do think what you alluded to earlier is correct that the Lakers have some real legitimate concerns moving forward into the next round. I'm still not likely to pick against them unless we get news on Anthony Davis being out for a really extended amount of time, but Look, the, the Suns look solid today. And I think Chris Paul is going to continue to be a huge factor in this series. Thank goodness. He's not going to need to sit for the next two games, at least knock on wood at the moment. Uh, and hopefully we get Anthony Davis back too. Cause of course we want to see these series at, at full strength. Um, any thoughts on the sun's chances? Sorry, Justin, I got you on mute. Sorry, man. Um,
0: let me ask you this question you saw this game what is more likely um lebron james if anthony davis is hurt lebron like expending tons of energy to carry him towards six or you know chris paul being healthy enough it seems to be a lot of variables and i wish i could see this Mm -hmm. series going seven just because this is so topsy-turvy and lots of injuries, things fluky things happening. And it seems like one injury, one way or another, could tip the balance in one way or one in one aspect. Even with LeBron, I mean, he has not been healthy either. So do you see can LeBron take the brunt of the offensive load if he has to? I mean, he is older. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think – do you see that as an option for him um, if – Anthony Davis is injured. Do you think that that would be a thing that he would want to do? Um, and that's something that won't take a physical toll on his body.
1: Well, I think what's going to need to happen. So I, I think the answer is yes. But for, I would say one more game of this series, LeBron okay. was pretty quiet in the third quarter of this game. So I think he was pacing himself for this fourth quarter. And then it just really... Rhythmically, the Lakers were off today. It it was kind of a a strange watch on their side of the ball. seems like they were really shook from Anthony Davis going down with that injury. So I think what you could see is the suns get another win because of the balance they have. And we know Booker is likely to show up, especially in a game where, you know, presumably in game five, we might not see Anthony Davis. It's up in the air. So I think the suns could win one. I think LeBron And the Lakers could win another game without AD. LeBron distributing. Maybe Kuzma gets hot. I mean, you don't want to rely on Kuzma to save you for the series. But I I think it's going to take kind of that team effort. You know, maybe LeBron has like 25 to 30 points and a lot of assists could happen. I, I still, the Suns' defense today was really impressive. I don't know if it's, Vogel has proven to be, a good game planner. So I don't know if they're going to have that same luxury. Um, And then I think you have one performance like that. So if it comes down to a game seven and you're asking me to pick between Chris Paul and LeBron James, I'm going to pick LeBron James still. So that's kind of how I see it playing out. I do still think the Lakers are going to win this series, but if AD is out for the rest of the series, I don't know. I probably still pick the Lakers, just because I got to see LeBron go down to sure. believe that. But uh, the probability changes for sure. Yeah, it's tough. Um, it
0: it really is. It it's just now we're getting to a point of like it kind of reminds me of the Warriors and Raptors a little bit. Just like okay, who's going to get hurt first <laughs> in terms of you know which side is going to be drastically affected. So. That's kind of the feel I have. I think it's unfortunate because I'd like to see these teams play at full strength. But now it's just like, okay, who's who's made out of class and who's going to be injured? Um, so I feel you, Matt. I am prone to pick the Lakers. But, yeah, wouldn't surprise me if the Suns, even though they are at the higher C, pull off the upset.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm checking out the Clippers Mavericks game, which is going on right now. It looks like Luca is playing. Okay. Uh, The Clippers have the slight lead as we talk right now. Also, we can confirm that the Nets did go ahead and beat the Celtics to take that three to one series lead. Not a huge surprise there. Um, So we've covered the Lakers. We've covered the Suns. We've, we've covered all these series um, did you have anything else you wanted to touch on for the first round at this point? Um, no,
0: other than this, uh, breaking news. And then we can move on to Kwame Brown if you want to. Sure. Um, it looks like a Celtics fan tried another fan incident. Um, a fan tried to throw a water bottle at Kyrie Irving as he walked into the tunnel. Um, after the game was over. Um, Jeez. so Kyrie's walking like this. Here it comes the water bottle. It misses him. Kyrie. I'm looking at the clip right now. He's looking at who did it. Um, and then, like you can't really tell who threw the water bottle from the clip. Um, yeah, so there's another incident there. <laughs> so I'm sure this will be all over the news tomorrow.
1: So Shameful. That. Yeah. <laughs> Shameful. I'm. I am, i do not get it, man. Um, yeah, me either. As frustrating. Um, you know, especially with the the good news and the good opportunity with everything kind of opening back up yeah. to have fans in place. Like, why? Well, whatever we're not we're not going to be able to understand that. Nah. Um, did you want to lead us into the Kwame Brown segment, or how do you want to dissect this? So, so you guys, I guess um, the sideshow that has happened in sort of NBA and media news, really, Justin, this has been going on for a while. I'd say about the past week and a half, almost two weeks now. We've had these Kwame Brown channel posts, to his YouTube channel. Um. Did you want to kind of summarize this? How did How do you want to break this down? Yeah, I don't. I don't
0: want to get super into it because it's so much like kind of, I don't know, TMZ tabloid garbage. Uh, but in a nutshell, Kwame Brown. For those who may not know, may not people who may not know, he was the number one pick in two thousand one, and by the Washington Wizards. So I believe was this when Jordan was running the team. Jordan, that's
1: correct. Yeah. Okay. So Jordan Jordan did not want to pick him. Okay. uh, But the owner did. Understood. And Kwame, Kwame was the first high school player ever to go number one. Got it. So that's a
0: lot of pressure. And especially, remember, 2001, this is, you know, the Lakers dynasty. You know, Allen Iverson's kind of peak, Jordan's retirement, a transition into the league, and tons of pressure when you're the number one pick, um, and I'm trying to think, who was the player from UNLV that got pitched from the Cleveland Cavaliers? Anthony Bennett. There you go. So n- not as like dramatic as that, but I, I feel, and I can't say for like baseball or hockey, but for sure in the NFL and for sure in the NBA, if you're the number one pick and if you are a bust, it's going to stick with you forever. And I think with Kwame Brown, it did. And it, we I don't wanna I'm gonna try to not ramble on for too long because I don't think it's worth the time. I think with Kwame, he is bitter. He is upset because of how his playing career went down and those in the media that he's gone after, he you know, he takes exception with it and understood because I feel two ways. One, he's a human being, right? It sucks when people are clowning you. It sucks. He's a human being, and I don't want to. I want to be super like trying to be sympathetic to his feelings, but I, I get it. You know, it, it sucks for people making. You know, you're in a, in a waste. You're a laughing stock. <laughs> it says on on Wikipedia here. It's one of the biggest busts in the NBA history. I mean, who wants to see that on your Wikipedia page? <laughs> no one. That's terrible. Um, at the same time, when Stephen A. Smith, because Kwame Brown, he went after Stephen A. He went after Matt Barnes. I mean, some of his rants it made really no sense because I mean, because it his, the original thing was, is that he went after the host of all this, all the smoke. And so it's Matt Barnes, Stephen Jackson and Gilbert arenas were on there. Gilbert arenas told a story about him and Kwame Brown. And I think Stephen Jackson elaborated on it. And Matt Barnes, to my knowledge, kept quiet. And he went after Matt Barnes too. <laughs> Matt Barnes like, what do you have a beef with me for? I didn't say anything about you. And so, that's really started this. And then it went into Stephen A. Smith, Skip Bayless. And really the only person that he praised was Jalen Rose. And I think with Jalen, it was more of a fact that with a lot – and I, re- I re-saw this on YouTube. A lot of analysts, they name call. So they label you like Prince James, Bosch Spice, cause things that Skip Bayless would do. And when you name call, you make it personal, which I agree. I think yeah, that okay. is uncalled for. I don't I, – I'm with Jalen Rose on that. At the same time, when you're sticking to the game of basketball and when you say if his game is is not up to par and his game is trash, it's trash. It's true. It's like with Stephen A. Smith. He showed the clips. He showed clips of Kwame Brown, and it's, and it's not so much like picking on him. Like he was on teams, and he had a chance to contribute. He didn't, and you take a look at somebody like JaVel McGee because this is the perfect – it's a perfect now. JaVel McGee was made as a you know made fun of. Shaq went after him. And yeah, JaVel McGee was a huge contributor. And, and JaVel McGee's an NBA champion. No one could take that away from him. And JaVel McGee has been a contributor. As many, you know, kind of boneheaded plays and things that he did in the league. There's also great plays. He was great at the slam dunk contest. I mean, Javel McGee's had a pretty solid NBA career that Kwame Brown would kill to have, quite honestly. So I think for Kwame. He, I think he played in the big three um, in 2017. He was the fifth overall pick. Um, and I think he only played one season for them. I think to my knowledge, I think for him, the best thing she should do is move on because I think it's just bringing up him as a bust in the news. It's not helping him out. You know, he's not helping his reputation. It's just making him, you know, people bringing up all these bad memories, and they're, they're calling him a bust again. Where I think the best course of action should be just to move on at this point.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting, right? You have this fascinating conversation going on between what crosses the line when we talk about players. Sure, and I think. Here here's where I'll kind of be a Kwame apologist okay. uh, if if I may. Sure. He he's been quiet for 20 years. He he has been taking these insults for 20 years and they're in, in at least some of the clips that I've heard like He came after Stephen A. Because, like, I'll be honest, I did a YouTube deep dive on this. I I was (laughs) fascinated by this. I I killed, you know, more than one evening watching Kwame Brown and watching the Er other clips, et cetera. Um, And, you know, if you're – listeners, if you're planning to do the same, be be ready for some profanity, okay? Um, But um, there were clips of Stephen A, like, talking – I think at like a commencement speech or something like that and saying like, you don't want to end up like Kwame Brown when, when like Kwame wasn't even there or wasn't even that's true part of the topic. So it, it was just cheap shot. And, and I have a great deal of respect for Stephen. A I, I think we know, you know, he's a talking head. He, he gets ratings. He's fun to watch. Uh, his mic drop on Kwame Brown was fun to watch. That's, that's what, Stephen a does. I mean, he, and you know, he's been a credible journalist for a long time too. You know, he was the first one I believe to break LeBron's departure to Miami way back on the decision. Um, So I guess I, I can understand like when you're, you're hearing this noise about you when you haven't said to my knowledge, anything about Stephen a at that point, and he's he's just like picking on you. Look, we we've said it before. You and I both. When you're a public figure, you expose yourself to some of some of this criticism, etc. I would say, in those cases, it was unfair. There is a clip where I think it was on the the Matt Barnes Stephen Jackson show of all all the smoke, yeah. Um, where I think they were also, they said like you know, Kwame Brown didn't didn't count as a player or whatever in in like a Laker trade when they were talking to Jeannie Bus. So there's kind of like all this stuff that built up, and maybe it's an overreaction on Kwame Brown's part, but I also think he has the right, certainly, to stick up for himself. Um, what he does from here will be interesting because it seems like he has gathered a following and an audience from this, but he he's done all kinds of like deep dives into these personas and in some respects probably gotten too personal with people like you probably saw the things he said about Matt Barnes yeah um where he he got very personal with that situation but basically Kwame Brown's point i th- i think is saying you guys only talk about basketball you don't even mention like how i grew up i guess he had a really rough upbringing um, you don't consider all this stuff and how I've moved into this, like being a successful man, making over $60 million in the NBA. Sure. He's a bust by, by their standards, but he also, I mean, 10 years plus in the league, at least he's not a full Anthony no. Bennett style bust. No, no, no disrespect. But Anthony Bennett isn't in even in the league anymore. True. Um, so I don't know, I guess I I'm sympathetic to Kwame Brown uh, this even like spread out just just to talk about the depth of how far this hit. I mean, Charlemagne the God got involved with this. You and probably did. saw with Breakfast yeah, Club. I saw that and said some personal things about Kwame. He apologized Brown, and then apologized. Yeah, yeah so yeah. this got all the way because Kwame Brown pushed and fought back against. Let's be honest, like like big media at large. I mean, we're talking Breakfast Club is a huge show. Yeah. ESPN, of course, is is a monolith. Um, because Kwame Brown pushed back, for the most part, these guys stayed fairly quiet to a lot of the points that he was making, and I I just thought that was fascinating to see. I don't know that that's basically all I all I've got on this. The, he continues to you know post videos to his YouTube channel. Um, But, you know, he he's posted some other things about players and and things like that. I, I don't know. It's it's fascinating to see his perspective, I guess, is is what I'm getting at. I, of course, support his right to to defend himself. But I think what we have now at this point is probably a ceasefire between ESPN calling him out on stuff. After Stephen A. did that mic drop thing, I, you know, I'm sure Kwame responded to that, but I doubt no. Stephen A. is going to bring that up anymore. No. I doubt Matt Barnes and Stephen Jackson are going to talk about him anymore, since that was basically kind of bad press for them. I think that that they were having to stoop to, you know, this independent YouTube channel essentially from a guy who's been out of the league for a little while now. So I don't know. I I just find the whole thing fascinating, and it's been. You know, if you weren't entertained by round one, (laughs) maybe you found some extra entertainment in Kwame Brown these past two weeks.
0: Um, I feel you. Um, I, for myself, feel what you're saying in terms of Kwame Brown. And it brings me back to what Jalen Rose said. When you're an NBA player, you are part of an elite fraternity of, of players that no one else can take that away from you. No one can take away his career. And it makes me wonder, though, however, how good of a teammate was he? Because I don't believe if he was a great teammate with the long career that he has, if those guys would say the same thing about him. They would defend him, saying, hey, yeah, like he made him not have the greatest career, but look, this guy played 10 years in the league. They would not talk about him that way. So I wonder about his reputation overall with those other guys within the league. Probably would have his back on this, and since they don't, I think that's indicative of his character. So Mm -hmm. that's what I find interesting is that despite it's not so much his play, it's kind of how he performed. So I find that awfully curious. That so far, really, you know, Jalen kind of it was more him, I think, defending not just him, but athletes overall in terms of being name called i wonder if he how he was as a teammate because i think Mm -hmm. if he was an extraordinary teammate i don't think he would be taking that heat on all the smoke in in my humble opinion
1: so yeah and i think to be fair you have to also flip that because steven jackson and and kwame brown were teammates yeah so I, i think you also have to wonder too like is it a situation where it's the other way around, potentially, where Steven Jackson maybe. is being the bad teammate in this maybe. case? Because he's the one really with the platform. That's true. Talking about his teammate, Kwame Brown. True. I I don't know the answer. I, I'm just, you know, playing devil's advocate here. No, <laughs> um, that's true. But I, I think it's fascinating. I, th- you know, I, I think the other thing that's good about this, maybe big picture, is it just shows like a really big variance in opinion between these players on on some big issues that both sides were discussing and and i think different opinions are fine and of course you know that that's gonna get messy sometimes and you know at the end of the day i mean of course everyone hopes that these guys can can hug it out and find common ground or whatever it doesn't seem like kwame brown certainly is is interested in that um in in any sense right now but um You know, it's interesting to, it's not often, I guess, that we get the curtain pulled back to this extent that we get like a former player opening up this candidly. So I don't know. It's, it's a fascinating watch. I I think it's going to continue to be on Twitter every once in a while when Kwame decides he wants to go off. Um, you know, I I don't think I have much more than that. It's, it's been a fascinating two weeks to see for sure. Um, did you have any other
0: comments on this I have an update on
1: the crai on
0: the stupid fan?
1: <laughs> um I got nothing. Yeah, let's talk about that and then we can wrap up. Cool. So the guy who threw the water bottle,
0: I I guess he's a Kevin Garnett fan. He was wearing a Kevin Garnett jersey and there's clear video of him like throwing the water bottle, of him celebrating afterwards, and then Boston police arrested him. Um so um clearly there is a th- th- Dude, with the Boston Police, uh, I don't know what you call it jacket. Him in handcuffs,
1: and he's been thrown out. Um, so you'd have to imagine he gets at least a multiple season ban, if not lifetime. Yeah, and we'll see
0: if assault charges are placed against him as well as there should be. So that's an update on that, and we'll have to see um, what's what's further going on um, with that.
1: Right on. The Clippers and Mavericks are playing as we speak. That game is. Is going to determine whether we still have a series or not, I think. Um, so that's going to be fascinating to see. We will probably be back with you guys sooner rather than later given we got to make our round two predictions next week we made two of them tonight but um we got to get the rest of those teams at some point here so we'll do that in the near future thank you guys if you made it this far thank you for watching or listening we appreciate you remember you can reach out to the show hoopsologypod at gmail.com if you have any questions comments concerns uh, if you want to give us a shout-out on social media, you can follow us at Hoopsology Pod on Twitter. You can also check out our Hoopsology podcast page on Facebook. Those are probably the two places we're the most active. We're also on Instagram, of course, if you use that. Thank you, as always, Justin. Always a pleasure. And uh, I look forward to talking to you soon. Absolutely. Um, we are a member of the Off the Glass
0: Basketball Network, and we'll check you later this week. Have a good Memorial Day, everyone. See you later. Peace.